encouraging, it's refreshing. But God, there's just not a place to grow. Sometimes the shepherd has to take his sheep down in that valley where that green grass is. But Lord, sometimes that valley is a shadow of death. Lord, sometimes that valley is a place that's dark and dismal. But God, I, I'm, I'm like the psalmist. I can say, I, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. Lord, your presence is so comforting and wonderful. Now, Father, I pray for that very thing this morning. I, I, I believe I have a word from you, and I believe there's some people that need to hear it. God, I pray that you'll let me feel your presence here this morning. God, this is not the easiest thing in the world to do, to get up in front of this many people and share something from their heart. And God, I pray that you'll let me do that very thing. I pray that I can be as transparent as possible. God, I'm not the type of person to put on a front. I'm not the type of person to put on an act. I just don't have it in me to do that. Lord, sometimes I'm a little crass. Sometimes I'm a little uh, 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 hard to understand. But God, I just am what I am. And I pray that you'll help them understand me. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to us through your word. I believe with all my heart I've got what you want me to say. Now, Father, I pray that you'll take this service right here, right now. I pray that you'll use the word to comfort the hearts of those that are here. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're glad to be saved, say amen. amen. I want you to take your Bibles just for a few moments here this morning. Uh, 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 I want you to take it, turn with me to Matthew chapter number 11. Uh, Matthew chapter number 11. I'm going to preach a message that I preached here a long time ago. Uh, on the subject, dangerous discouragement. Dangerous discouragement. I preached uh, this message last Tuesday night uh, at a revival in uh, uh, Athens, Tennessee. Or excuse me, Athens. Uh, was we in Tennessee? We still in Alabama, wasn't we? I guess we was in Alabama. Let's all stand to our feet, if you will. And God has put this on my heart this morning. Uh, God knew who was going to be here. God knew who was going to be here. I woke up and got in my truck and was headed to church, and it was 39 degrees and raining. I said, Lord, this is not conducive for a Baptist church. I need a witness. Yeah. I said, 39 degrees is one thing, and rain is one thing. But God is 39 and raining. Uh, this is not good for Baptist folk. Amen. I've been around them all my life. I know that just three sprinkles, and it's time to stay home. We don't want to get wet. Amen. But I'm glad you came out this morning, and I guarantee you this. God is going to bless you for coming. And let's read Matthew chapter number 11 in verse number 1. Verse number 1. And it came to pass. Aren't you glad? Amen. It doesn't matter what we face. It's not coming to stay. It's coming to pass. I feel a little preach right there. Amen. Listen, whatever you're facing, it's not going to kill you. Uh, listen, it's not going to put you down so far that he can't lift you up. It's coming to pass. Hallelujah. When Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their city. Now when, what's that word? John. This is not the apostle John. This is John the baptizer. This is John Baptist who come out the wilderness with, listen, a, a, a leathern girdle eating locusts and honey. Are y'all with me? I'm talking about the first wild-eyed fundamental Baptist preacher. Are y'all with me? He come, the Bible said he's in prison uh, for the works. He heard the works of Christ while he was shut up in prison. He sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? My, 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 what a question. 
What a question. And I'll, I'll show you why that's so peculiar in a minute. It says in verse 4, Jesus answered and said unto them, aren't you glad Jesus always has an answer for our questions? He said, uh, the blind receive their sight. He said, go and show John, what's that word? Again. That means he's done seen it one time. But aren't you, aren't you understanding the fact sometimes we as Christians, we need to remind ourselves? He says, go show him again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And as they departed, that tells me they hadn't left yet. They was just on the way. And you say, why is that important? Because they could still hear what Jesus was saying. Because Jesus was speaking to a multitude. As they departed, Jesus began to say unto the that means he was talking a little bit louder than the whisper. Are y'all with me? Hey, he said, what went ye out in the wilderness to see? Talking about John. A reed shaking in the wind. You know, in other words, somebody just, just running off at the mouth. He said, but what went ye out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that uh, uh, wear soft uh, clothing are in king's houses. He's saying, John wasn't no sissy. That's an Alabama translation. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it was written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, I'm about to get happy. Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. If you will help me this morning, I'm going to preach. I, 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 really, I really believe that God has planned and orchestrated this service today just for you. I really do. All week long, I started getting another thought around uh, uh, yesterday morning. Actually, Friday evening, yesterday morning, I started thinking about something, and, and I started thinking about what I did in Sunday school this morning. I said, well, Lord, maybe that's what you want me to do. Maybe that's the direction you want me to go. Do you want me to talk about the only miracle Jesus ever did after the resurrection? But God wouldn't let me do that because somebody is discouraged this morning. The Bible says, listen, uh, Webster's Dictionary says the word discouraged means to lose confidence or to lose that, that, that area of courage that everybody needs. Courage and confidence. Do you know the very thing that God wants every child of God to have? That is faith in Him. Confidence, courage in Him. It says without faith it's impossible to please Him. Are you with me? The just shall live by faith. In other words, he wants us to be totally confident in who he is, what he has called us to do, and the direction that we are going. But sometimes in life, we get discouraged. Sometimes in life, we get down. Sometimes the devil beats us up to the point that we just lose all confidence that God loves us or that God cares about us, and we want to go somewhere else. Discouraged. Listen, you say, why was this such a, why was this such a, a difficult thing to understand? Let's, let's, let's just reminisce a little bit this morning. Let's go back. Let's go back to a time when John Baptist, who, the by the way, the Bible says he was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. 
I mean, he was in his mother's womb, and Mary comes and tells him, let me tell you, I done heard from an angel. An angel said, I'm going to give birth to the Son of God. His, oh, are y'all with me? And listen, John hears that in the womb. He goes to leaping and doing calisthenics and getting happy already for what he has heard. John is sent out into the wilderness by God, being prepared by God to come out the wilderness and be a messenger for the Messiah, be a messenger for the coming king. And that's exactly what he did. He come out the wilderness preaching the word of God, saying, repent ye for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is on his way. Y'all better get ready. And then, listen, he was a he was a man's man. He was not a sissy. He was not one to compromise. He was not one to back down because when the Pharisees come out there, he said, what is wrong with you? What are you coming out to do? Are you coming out to be a part of this show? Are you, listen, bring me for repentance. Show me that you mean business. You're a viper. You're coming from a generation of vipers. Your daddy was a viper. Your granddaddy was a viper. You just come from a long line of vipers. I mean, he had courage. He had enough courage to stand in the king's face and said, it's not lawful for you to have your brother Philip's wife. It's not lawful. You're committing adultery. You ought not have her. I mean, he was a man. He was the type of preacher that, uh, listen, 90% of the churches in America need today. We need to snatch down all those that's got yellow all the way down their back that won't preach what the Bible says. Listen, it's not going to do any good unless you go by the direction book. I've learned that a long time ago. Listen, I've had, I've had, I've had uh, swing sets that look like a rock, rocket launching pad because Tammy said, that's not what it looks like in the picture. Did you follow directions? I said, I don't need no directions. Needless to say, it was bad. Are you with me? Listen, we need preachers that will stand and follow the directions. And that's what John was. I mean, here he is. And, and watch this, y'all. Oh, yes, he is there preaching. He's saying, I'm not he. I'm not he. But there's one coming after me that I'm not even worthy to latch his shoe. I'm not even worthy to shine his shoe. I'm telling you, I'm baptizing with water, but there's one coming after me. He's going to baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost. And I mean, he's a preaching up a storm, and all of a sudden he sees Jesus walking down the river Jordan. Listen, he's walking down the bank there and said, that's him. I'm not he, but that's him. I'm not the one, but that's him. That's the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. And here he is, Jesus comes, and John baptizes him in the river Jordan. He comes up out of the water, and the Bible said they saw the Spirit descend, like, listen, from heaven as a dove, and light upon him, and all of them heard, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I mean, John was there when it happened. John testified, this is him. He said this, I must decrease, but he must increase. Now, what are you getting at? Now, he's saying, I wonder if that's him. You reckon that's him? Why don't we, we need, to, we, need to go, we need to go find out if that's him. Go ask him, are you sure you're the one? Or do we look for another? Boy, the language is kind of changing now, isn't it? At one moment, he's saying, that's him, that's him. He must increase, but I must decrease. And now he's saying, you know, I don't know if that's him or not. Or to go find out. You know what would cause a man who had such strong conviction of John the Baptist and had the fire and the anointing and the touch of God to be able to, to, to end up saying that? He's discouraged. You know what that tells me? If a man that was full of the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb 
had the anointing of God on him like no other man. I mean, there was no other character in the Bible like John the Baptist. The only one close to that is Elijah. And the Bible said John came in the spirit of Elijah. I mean, he was, whoo. And you know what? He got discouraged. If John Baptist can get discouraged, Malcolm Baptist can get that way too. Amen. Sometimes I get to feeling guilty when I get to feeling discouraged. Bless God, I'm the preacher. I ought not be this way. And sometimes I know y'all not going to believe this. As adorable as I am, I mean, I know you're not going to believe this. But there's sometimes I'm hard to get along with. Baby, that's your cue right there. <laughs> Amen. All right. And that's discouraging, isn't it, baby? Is that discouraging? <laughs> you know, sometimes the alarm goes off and, 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 and the alarm says, it's church time. And I said, there's no way it's already church time. And I get in my truck and come to church. And I know y'all think this. I just go, woo-hoo-hoo, we're going to church. Hallelujah, we get to go to church this morning. Ha-ha, woo. That, that, that don't happen every time. Sometimes it's, Because the devil's just rode me like a Shetland pony. I have Neosporin on my back from the saddle source. It just seems like the devil just beats you so far down that you think, man, I don't know. And I've got to walk through those doors and go. That's discouraging. Because everybody's expecting me to be. And I got to be, and I try to be the best I can. Sometimes my poker face don't work real good. My wife says I don't have a poker face, but I'm, I'm working on it. But sometimes even, even the best of us get discouraged. And then the devil jumps on your shoulder and said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you was who you say you was, you wouldn't be feeling this way. Uh-huh. What was all that shouting you was doing? I saw you stand up and clap your hands at the revival. I saw that. And here you are. Now you down. What's wrong? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, John goes from preaching wild-eyed and fancy-free to now he's saying, I just, I don't know if that's him or not. What in the world would cause that? I want you to take note if you can, if you've if you got a pencil and paper. I want you to write this down. If there has ever, don't write that. If there, if there has ever been a message that's helped me in the ministry, that's encouraged me, it's this one. I've preached this all over the place. I've preached this all over the place. I've I, I preached it in revivals. I've preached it at camp meetings. I preached it here one time a while back. And God wanted me to preach it today. So if there was ever one you needed to write down, if you find a, a, a Wendy's receipt in your pocket, write it down on that or something. Just, just get what I'm saying today. I want you to see number one. I want you to see the place of discouragement. The place of discouragement. The Bible says that John was in the prison. Say that with me. He was in the prison. The prison. He heard the works of the Lord, and, and he was in the prison i don't know if you've ever seen it i've never been in one uh, well i have i guess we have when we went down to birmingham to the the the, the, the youth uh detention place there uh but there's one thing about a prison that i have learned i have seen uh that, that it is a place of confinement 
It is a place of confinement. It is a place where you cannot do what you want to do. It's a place where your hands are tied. It's a place where you are confined and you don't have any liberty to do anything. You are there and there is nothing that you can do about it. You know one of the most discouraging places that I get in my life is when God is doing something in my life, when I am facing a problem, when I am facing a situation, when I am facing a hardship, and there is not one blessed thing that I can do about it. My hands are tied. I can't fix it. I can't change it. I can't help it. There's nothing I can do about it. And boy, that's discouraging. When the doctor says, we have done all we can do. And listen, you want to find a specialist. You want to find another surgeon. You want to get a second opinion. But every opinion comes back the same thing that God is saying. You're going to have to take your hands off of it. There's nothing else you can do now. You're just going to have to trust in me. Your kids get ignorant on you and you want to choke them to death and say, listen, won't you listen to me? I have been where you're at. I have, listen, I know what you're facing. I know where you're going and I know the hurt you're going to experience and they keep going anyhow and you want to choke them to death. But you've got to and trust God. Amen? You want to just say, And you can't. You want to take that loved one who's just that close to the other side. And you want to share the gospel and you want to say, hey, man, this is so easy. The, the greatest thing in life is getting saved. here, And they just, and you want, to, you want to open their mouth and put a fun on their mouth and pour Jesus in. Are you with me? Are y'all with me this morning? Isn't that the most discouraging place to be in? John was in a place of confinement. He couldn't do anything about a situation. He had to be, oh, oh, what? Don't make me quote the Bible on you this morning. Be still and know that I am God. The word still, Brother Bates, the word still means nothing. Do nothing. I mean, it's the place that God put the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. Here they are, the Red Sea in front of them. The Red Sea in front of them. And Pharaoh's army coming down their necks behind them. There's nothing they could do. They was in between a wet place and a jerk. Say amen. They said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He said, I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to do absolutely nothing. You're going to be still and know that I'm God. You're going to know that I have called you. You're going to know that I am your provider. I am your protector. And I'm big enough to handle this situation. But we just want to get our fingers in it. We want to try to fix it ourselves. And God just stands back and watches. And he says, when you get to the end of yourself, when you fished all night long and caught nothing, then I'll come in on the scene. But God has to let us get to the end of ourselves. And listen, it is because then we take our hands off of it and then God touches it and nobody can get the glory but him. If we have our hands in it, if we have our ideas, if we have our ability, if we have our talent trying to fix it, then we can say, look what I've done. But God will say, okay, go ahead. And he'll let that situation get worse and worse and worse till we get down on our knees and say, oh, God, there's nothing I can do. I need some help here. And he'll say, I'm here. That's what I've been waiting on. Amen, Brother Cordes? That's what he'll do. But boy, it's discouraging. 
can't do anything. I want to fix it so bad. I want I want to. It's not only a place of confinement, but it's a place of confusion. Confusion. I've. You see, I, I know what you. I know what you're fixing to say. I know. I, I'm. I'm. I'm prophet. I'm psychic. I'm all that wrapped in one. You're gonna say, well, God's not the author of confusion. I didn't say he was confused. I said I was confused. And if you say you've never been confused in the will of God, you're lying. Amen. Joshua marched seven times around and then on the seventh time marched seven times and then shout. He said, huh? Abraham, I promise you a son. You're going to have a son. Really? No, really? Yeah, adopted? No, you're going to have a son. It's going to be from your, uh, mm-hmm. The baby gets here. Woohoo! Can you imagine Abraham, 100 years old, going to buy diapers? Is that for your great, great, great grandbaby? No, that's for my boy. You are the man. Amen. <laughs> and you say, what's confusing about that? Because right then, after he's grown up and, and Abraham's enjoyed him and he's been a blessing to Abraham, now God says, I need you to go sacrifice him. Now, if that ain't confusion, sacrifice him. That's confusion. Said what John Baptist wasn't confused. You sure? You sure? You sure about that? Because I beg to differ. The Bible says, when did he get when did he get discouraged? When did he get uh when did he sin? It says when he heard the works of Christ. Let me lay it out for you. Here, here he is. You know, let me say this. One of the most discouraging things to a preacher. Is to be preaching out the same book, singing the same songs, going to his visitation, doing everything that the preacher down the road is doing, and they can't even find room in their parking lot, and you can't even find people. That's discouraging. There was a time when John the Baptist was out there preaching, and crowds, whole cities was coming out to hear him. I mean, he had success. Everybody wanted to go to the John the Baptist crusade. Everybody was coming out getting baptized. I mean, he was seeing success. And I know that he said he must increase and I must decrease. But that's saying something real spiritual. That's hard to watch. And now he's seeing, Brother Jay, all the crowds that Jesus is getting, all the things that he is doing, everything that's going on, and now I'm sitting in prison. Every preacher will say, I want every church to grow. But boy, really down deep in your heart, when somebody else is growing and you ain't, that's discouraging. But not only that, watch this. John came preaching hellfire and brimstone. I'm talking about, da, 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 da. I mean, going after one of them, one of them showing. I bet he was a wind sucker too. I ain't sure, and I ain't found it yet, but I, be, I believe he was. I mean, going after, uh, bless God, he's going to baptize with fire. Bless God, you bunch of vipers. I mean, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. You best repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. But he hears that there was a woman caught in the act of adultery. I mean, in the very act of adultery, thrown at Jesus' feet. And, and what did he say? He said, woman, where are thine accusers? There are none, Lord. Then neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I forgive you. He done what? Isn't it amazing? God don't always do it like we think he ought to do it. Sometimes. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening because 
sometimes the way the Lord operates is the exact opposite of what I would do. And boy, when you get into that place where God doesn't do it like you think he ought to do it, that's confusion. Man, I, 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 I've been preaching repentance and hell, fire, and brimstone, and, I, I'm, I, and he said, go and sin no more. Confusion. How many of y'all, maybe in your marriages, maybe in your, in your careers, maybe in your jobs, God changed things? I mean, just changed. Maybe you're not with the person you started with. Maybe you're not in the career you started. Maybe things have just, and God just totally turned things upside down and, and just left you in a state of confusion before. He said, man, what is going on? It's a place of confusion. Now, don't you watch number two. The place of discouragement. A, say it with me. It is a place of confinement where you can't do it you can't fix it God you got to take your hands off of it and just let God handle it that's hard to do that's hard to do but it's also a place of confusion where you just can't figure out what in the world's going on listen let me read something thank you Lord for reminding me of that I want to read this how many of y'all ever heard of Charles Spurgeon anybody heard of Charles Spurgeon I'm talking about a man who who done probably uh, just incredible things for God. Over in London, uh, the, I mean, his church was so big, his church was so big that the cabbies, they would say, we're going to Charlie's place. I mean, it was that big of and that, that much of a, a ministry going on there. Now, let me read you something. Spurgeon, who was called to a church at 23, how old? 23 years old, addressing crowds of 5,000 at 30. That's unbelievable. This is what he wrote. Before, when? Before any great achievement in my life, some measure of depression is very usual. Such was my experience when I first became a pastor in London. My success appalled me, and the thought of that career which seemed to be opening up so far from elating me cast me into the lowest depths out of which I uttered my misery. He said, I found no room for a glory in excelsis. In other words, I didn't find no place to shout. Who was I that I should continue to lead so great a multitude? He said, I would slip away to my village obscurity or prefer to immigrate to America and find a solitary nest in the backwoods. Don't that sound an awful lot like David? He said, if I had wings as a dove, I'd just fly away. I'd just get away from it all. It was, now listen, it was just then that the curtain was rising on my greatest life's work. And I dreaded what it might reveal to me. I hoped that I was not faithless, but I was timorous and filled with a sense of my own unfitness. This depression sweeps over me whenever the Lord is preparing. Now listen. This depression sweeps over me whenever the Lord is preparing a larger blessing for my life and ministry. Some of y'all are ready to quit right now. Some of you are ready to throw in the towel on God. Some of you are ready to wave the white flag of surrender, saying, I'm ready to quit, I'm ready to give up. You have been got, you listen, you have, you've gotten so low that you think you can't even look up no more. It is that time, he said, the greatest achievements of my life. And some of you are right at the door. Preacher, what are you saying? I don't know why God does what he does all the time, and I'm not even going to dare stand and say I know all that stuff. But I do know this, sometimes God has to humble us to the place that we can be at a place where we can accept the greatness that he has to do with us. 
Because when God uses us, sometimes it is human nature to be built up in ourselves and think we're somebody. The Bible says that Paul, he said, because of the, the, the abundance of revelation given unto me, I mean, he actually got to go to heaven and see it and come back. And God did great things with him, but it says this, that God has put a, a thorn in my flesh. He said, I begged him three times to take it away. He said, but lest I be exalted above measure, there has been given this thorn. What are you saying? Sometimes we got to go through the valley to make it to the mountain. And you may be in a place of discouragement right now, but listen, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That place of discouragement is a place of confinement. It's a place of confusion. But I want you to see the product of discouragement real quickly. What happens when we get discouraged? What happens when we get discouraged? It happened with him and it's happened with me. And I'm sure it's happened with you. I want you to see the product of discouragement. What does, what does discouragement produce in our life? What does, it, what does it cause to happen in our life? Well, I believe the first thing is this. A, it's that little nasty word called doubt. Doubt. You know what got us all in trouble in the first place? When Satan came to Eve and said, Hath God said? Yea, hath God said? In other words, he was trying to produce doubt in what God really said. How many of y'all are in the building today and you know that verse that says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory? How many of y'all know that verse? How many of y'all had bills roll into the place where it stacked up and you thought, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this thing? How are we going to pay this bill? Be honest. Be honest. Come on. That's called doubt. We read it and we know it and we believe it. Yet in that place of discouragement, in that place of confusion, in that place we get to, uh, what are we going to do now? Out of all the things that God did for the children of Israel, in Egypt, I mean, all those plagues and, and, the, and the water turning into blood and, the, and, 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 and locusts coming and the flies and the frogs and the darkness and the, and the hailstorm and all the things they seen. And they seen, listen, God bring water out of a rock. They seen God rain manna from heaven. Uh, listen, they seen God bringing quail knee deep. He took care of them. Their, their clothes never rotted off their back. Their shoes never wore out. I can wear a pair of shoes a month and it's wore out. But God never let that happen. Yet, when they got to the edge of the promised land, 12 spies went out. Joshua learned his lesson. He only sent in two. That's just a thought. Another thought, too, the majority's not always right. Two come back. I'm talking carrying, carrying one pot of grapes. Son, they had grape juice dripping down off their elbows. They had it all over their face. Said, boys, let's go in. Joshua and Caleb, son, I tell you what, I saw my place. It's just like God said. It's a flowing with milk and honey. I'm here to tell you what a God we serve. Come on, get the tents up. Let's pack up the children. Let's go, let's go. God has given it to us. And ten of them. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, we saw them, them children and they, and they, man, they like giants, and we're like grasshoppers in their side. We can't do it. And after all that the children of Israel had seen, they got discouraged. And they said, we can't do it. 
How many times over and over and over and over again God has showed his power in this church, in your life, and yet when we get into that place of discouragement, we say, are you sure you're the one? You see the doubt there? He said, are you sure you're the one? They started doubting this person. They started doubting this path. Are you sure you're the one? Are y'all still with me this morning? Listen, discouragement will produce doubt in your life, but then this is the bad one. Discouragement will produce a detour. Write that down. You say, where do you get that? Because the Bible says, are you the one or, what's it say, do we? Y'all with me? He says, we need to find somebody else. Let me apply that to the day. Let's, let's, let's come out of Bible days and apply it to the day. Lord, I don't think this is the one you had for me to marry. I'm going to go look for me a... I don't think she's it. She just don't make me happy. She just don't satisfy. She didn't. Eh, 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 eh. I'm going to get me another one. That's the dumbest thing you'll ever do because now you're paying for two of them. Man. <laughs> Zig Ziglar said, marriage is grand, but divorce is 100 grand. Amen. <laughs> and I know some of us older, us older. I, I, did you see me put me in that? Us older. <laughs> Sometimes the older people, amen. You know, we have so programmed our children to the fact that if he don't make me happy or she don't make me happy, I just go find me another one. And I'm afraid this dating process that we have established, I'm thinking that's the cause of it. I'll date Susie. I don't like her, I'll date Julie. If I don't like her, I'll date Melody. If I don't like her, I'll date, I'll date Jennifer. If I don't like her, I'll date so-and-so. I don't, well, then I'll marry well, and if I don't, I'm not preaching on that this morning, but it's a good thought, amen? We, we get to look and we get discouraged with the situation, and we get to looking for somewhere else. We get to looking for a detour, a detour somewhere around your present situation. God doesn't want you running from a problem. God wants you dealing with a problem. God wants you to see he's big enough to meet your needs. It's a God's wonder. Baby, isn't it a miracle that we're together today? Isn't it a miracle? You don't have to be quite that enthusiastic about it. But uh, we, I mean, the first year, oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. She was wrong all the time. I'm just, but I found out it was me that was wrong about it, amen. But uh, we just, I mean, it was just, it's just the presence of God. Johnny, you want to stand up and testify about that, amen? All right. He was wrong. Amen. That's right. We'll get this straightened out. Amen. But how many of them? You say you say you ought not to be talking about this. Well, as long as there's a 50% divorce rate in the church, I'm going to keep talking about it. Because you don't need to start looking for a detour. You need to start looking for a deliverer. He said, are you sure you're the one or do we look for another? Do we look for it? Bless God, they don't, I don't like this church. They don't do it. Ha, da, 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 da. Now listen, if the church is dead, if the church is not moving, if the church is not biblical, I understand. If there's no life there and you know God's not going to do nothing with it, that's one thing. But just if you get your feelings hurt because you don't get your way, that's a whole other story. Amen. You need to find a deliverer, not a detour. Amen. If the power of God's in that place, if people are getting saved, listen, if God's moving in the man of God, you better hang tight. God will deal with you. 
You'll find that detour will take you down a road you don't want to go. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But you know what? When we get discouraged, it's real easy to look for those things, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Let me finish this off right here. Number one. What was number one? Everybody say it real loud. Number one, we find the... Number two, we find the... The product of discouragement. What does it produce? It produces uh, doubt in our life. Then it produces a detour. Then, then number three, and I'm done. I want you to see this. I want you to see the prescription for discouragement. Aren't you glad the great physician knows the medicine we need to take? You know, Jesus could have very well said, What did he say? Am I he? What do you mean, am I he? Did he not baptize me? Did he not, listen, did he not hear the voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in, in whom I am well pleased? Didn't he hear all that stuff? He could have said that. That's what some of us would have said, wouldn't he? But he didn't do that. He said, this is what I need you to do. And, and in another gospel, in another gospel with this same story, it said that very hour, that very hour. In other words, there was a blind man here. He went over there and he touched that blind man and healed him and said, go show John this again. Go show John again. Then he went to a lame man. Go show John this. Go to, he, listen, he went to a, a man that was deaf and dumb. He touched him and healed him. Listen, he went to one after another after another and bringing them boys. Show John this. Show John this. Show John this. But the Bible says, show John again what I am doing. And I believe the prescription for discouragement. When we get in that place where we're lower than a snake in a wagon track, we get in that place, listen, we got to look up to see down. When we get to that place, the devil's beat us so far down, we can't do anything about it. We need to do this, A, we need to rehearse the past works of the Lord. We need to do what the, that song says. We need to count our many blessings, name them one by one. We need to say, look what God has done for us because God has been so good. Man, I can, I can get to feeling low. And I'll think about that night when Chip and Amanda and them got saved. Man, I tell you what, it'll put a spring in my step. I can look back and see, listen, at the time when we needed $10,000 to get that building fixed, and God ended up getting it all done with $900. We had a yard sale, dumb as I am. Man, I come up with some doozies. I'm Oh, let's have a yard sale. We'll raise the money. We needed $10,000. we will raise the money. I brought my brand-new lawnmower that she's still not speaking to me over, and I brought, listen, an oven and, and other things we had, put it on the altar, preach, hey, hey, if we build it, they will come. We was going to have a yard sale. I was going to, listen, get God's work done with a yard sale how ignorant is that say amen we raised we raised i think eleven hundred dollars that night i said lord lord uh, we're about we're about uh uh uh, uh lord let's see eleven hundred what's ten thousand minus eleven hundred uh at eighty nine hundred eighty nine hundred i think eighty nine hundred short lord you came up just a little short amen I was biting my nails to the quick. We had the, 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 the meeting Sunday night. Uh, we were supposed to tear out the walls that Monday. I said, Lord, I done got these boys hyped up. Son, they're bringing sledgehammers and gloves and, and work helmets and all ready. And now I'm going to have to tell them we can't do it because we don't have to. Lord, what are we going to do? He said, just be still. Just be still. Don't do nothing. I said, but, Lord, we're going to tear out the wall. If we, if we tear out the wall, we've got to put something back. Are you all with me? That night in that meeting, that means meeting, one of, one of the brothers said, I, I don't even remember who it was. Uh, uh, Brother Mark, who come up with that idea? Was it, was you, are you the one to come up with that idea? Who was it? Well, he ain't here. We'll give it credit to somebody else. Amen. 
He's living in Florida now. Amen. Either way, they said, Preacher, we can run rods down from the ceiling and we can put it because all the money was going to go toward moving them air conditioners and, uh, and we can leave them air conditioners there. I said, You know what? I was thinking about that, but I wasn't sure. Amen. We could try that. Amen. We got in there when we got it all done, put the, tore it all out, built a new wall and, and, and skimmed it and mud it, didn't paint it yet. It was $900. God did not come up short. He just didn't need that much. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, I can get to thinking about what we're going through, what we're facing, and what we're dealing with. And I'm telling you, it, I, I, I think about that and say, hey, God done it back then. God can do it now, and God will do it in the future. I just start rehearsing all the good things God has done for me. And I'm here to tell you, business picks up. It picks up. Remember the, the day Miss Barry called me, I was helping Brother Doyle painting, and we was out by the lake somewhere. And you know how, cell, anybody got a cell phone, cell phone? That all the sections should raise their hand. Every one of them right here. Adult, grown people who had their houses paid for don't have them, but these monkeys got them. Every one of them, I bet you. And you can get in places, you can get in places, and that thing will go, hey, I, 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 I can't, you break, you got breaking, uh, uh, mm. Are y'all with me? You know what that is? Discouraging. Amen. We was going, when we got first got into this building, it was tight. Brother Smith, are you with me? It was tight. I mean, we had that mortgage coming around. It seemed like coming around every other day. Not once a month. Every other day. She and Miss Barry, we got the mortgage coming up. We're a little short. And man, I was worrying about praying. Oh, God, help us with this thing. Oh, God, help us with this thing. She called me and said, said Preacher, I was riding in the truck with Brother Doyle out on 222. Was it 222 out there? And, and y'all know uh, the Lord can't even get through out there. Amen. <laughs> 222, right. Uh, preacher, are you sitting down? I said, oh. When you ask the preacher to sit down, you know it's bad. I said, what is it? She said, well, I... <laughs> For about three and a half miles, I was developing a bleeding ulcer. Amen. Worrying about that. Worrying about that. And I said, oh, my goodness, somebody done died. They robbed the church. Took I don't what in the world... Finally got back in the rain, and I'm dialing. I said, what happened? What happened? She said, you're sitting? I said, yeah, I'm sitting there. What happened? She said, we just got a check in the mail that's so big it's going to carry the whole mortgage. Isn't that wonderful? I said, "Woo! Now, don't never do that to me again. You know what? When I get down, I can look back and say, I mean, this, this came from somebody that don't even go to our church, that lives in another city. And they just said, God told me to send this. And I'm sitting here worried. God can make somebody else's church member pay our bill. Say amen. amen. <laughs> what are we worried about? What do we do when we get discouraged, preacher? We just need to remind ourselves all that God has already done. Now, church, why is God going to do all that and then drop the ball now? We just need to rehearse past work. And then last of all, I'm done. As they were leaving. Say that with me. As they were leaving. Say it again. These old servants was leaving. And they said, y'all know what, crowd? Who'd you come out here to see? I can imagine, because i got a good imagination. They was leaving, and they perked up and started listening. Said, you go to see a sissy? That ain't what you saw. Did you go see a, a reed just blowing in the wind? Just somebody with something that they thought they had to say? Oh, much more than that. He said, matter of fact, 
Matter of fact, there hadn't been a man born among women greater than John the Baptist. I believe in church. I said, did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said? I heard he said John was the great. Did you hear that? I believe they tore out of there, wide open, running to the prison where John was. John was probably laid down, just discouraged, down and out, just worried. Man, I, I don't even know why I'm in this city. He's there, probably, probably got in that place where he didn't want to talk to nobody. And son, them old boys running there. John, you ain't going to believe it. We was there. We saw it. Son, I'm telling you, we told him what you said. We did. We told him what you said. We said, are you the one or do we look for another? You know what he told us? He said, watch this, boys. Woom, he healed one. Woom, he healed another one. He done it. He just kept on and kept on and kept on. And I'm telling you, son, they was getting healed one after another, lined up. John said, did he do that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. A blind man, a lame man. A cra- I mean, there was just, I'm talking about, it was just wide open. And son, I'm telling you, he was doing things we hadn't never seen before. He told us, show you that. And he did. Sure did. Wow. Boy, that's something. He did all that. Yeah, man. I mean, we saw it with our own eyes. And he told us to tell you this. He said, really? He said, man, that's good. And they said, but that's not all. That's not all. What do you mean that's not all? He said, there was more. He said, what more could there be? He said, John, you're not going to believe what he said about you. What what, what, did he say about me? He said, son, John, Jesus, I'm talking about the Messiah, the rose of Sharon, and the lily of the valleys, the bright and morning star. He looked, and he said, I'm talking about he told a whole crowd that's not just us. He was telling a whole crowd. He thought you was the greatest. He did what? Yeah, he thought you was the greatest. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. When we get lowered and low, when we get in that place, we think God don't care about us no more. When we get in that place where the devil's just jumping on down, listen, jumping up and down on us and, and beating us down lower than we've ever been, and we think nobody cares, nobody loves us, you need to, listen, not just rehearse past words. You remember his present words. God thinks you're the greatest. You're the apple of his eye. That's good, ain't it, Scotty? He thinks you're the greatest. The greatest. So how do you know he thinks I'm the greatest? Because he died for you. How do you know the Father thinks? He says because it says this, God bestowed his love toward us. Are y'all with me? He put it on display. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, he's got to think a lot of us to die for us while we were still crooked. Commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Preacher, what are you saying? When you get to that place, you need to remember. I, I seen a little kid. A little kid had a t-shirt, coolest t-shirt in the world. I stole it from him, but it fit one arm. It's about all it fit on me. But then on that t-shirt, he said, I know I'm somebody, because God don't make no junk. I said, rock on, brother. Amen. You know, that's true. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says, he doeth all things. And he brought you here. Amen. I believe John said, bring the executioner on. I'm ready to go. Everything's all right in the Father's house. Ain't no problems here. Church, we're going to get that way. 
That's not the time to run out on God. That's not the time to quit on your family. That's not the time to quit on your employer. That's not the time to quit on church. It's not time to quit on the ministry. It's time to start going back and saying, you know, God did this in my life. God did that in my life. Boy, I, I remember when he, and you need to remember, God loves you. For God so loved the world. That's it. That whosoever believeth in him should not behave. Church, say amen. amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for your love and your tenderness and your mercy.